Welcome once again to Devotional. This is lesson number five for Wednesday, January 9th. You know, every time I come to Puerto Rico, I'm reminded how much I love the sound of waves. And um, when I'm listening to the intro music, I'm sorry if I make it a little longer, but I just enjoy it. It's so therapeutic. It's so peaceful. There's, there's something about that sound that brings peace. Um, and maybe that's um, something that gave John peace as well. Um, thinking about God's voice being like the sound of many waters. So Wednesday, you're going to be learning about three things, three applications of how to interpret prophecy, how prophecy is applied, and I hope you'll spend time studying those three. They're very important. I'm not going to cover that in this podcast. What I am going to cover is a super good question the lesson asks on Wednesday at the end. It says this, suppose the Lord were to write a letter today to your local church, a letter written in the form of the messages to the seven churches. What might such a letter say about the challenges your church is facing as well as its spiritual condition? That made me think. Um, As a pastor, you know, I I can have my thoughts of what he would say. Uh, As a church member, as a leader, you can have your thoughts as to what Jesus would say. Um, But regardless of what you and I may think Jesus would say, this other question came to my mind. This, the, the book of Revelation wasn't going to be written into seven separate letters. It was just one letter, one continuous letter, which means that um, the, the first church would hear not just the message to it, to that church, but it would also hear the messages for the other six churches. And the other churches would hear not just the message for them that was written specifically for them, but they would also get to hear the messages that were given to the other churches. And that provoked other thoughts in me. How would that make me feel as a church, as a church member, that other churches in the area would know my true condition? Not what I think, how I think I am doing, but how Jesus knows I am doing. How would that make me feel? I mean, because in Michigan, at least, we do have this thing called the Michigan Memo, which is a a publication that goes out monthly throughout all the churches, throughout all the churches in the the state of Michigan, how would it feel to have Oakwood or Monroe or whatever church you belong to that you're listening to this? How would it feel to have your church um, condition, uh, whether it be challenges, difficulties, persecutions, or like the question, the, the lesson asked, the spiritual tenor, the spiritual health of my church to be uh, transparently displayed for other churches to read. And, and I went further, right? What, what about Adventist world? Um, it used to be called the Adventist Review, and it is a worldwide publication that is translated in all the languages in which our church has presence. And every church in the world would know how Oakwood, how Monroe, how we are doing spiritually. How would that make me feel that Jesus would do this? Why would Jesus do this? Um, What are your thoughts on that? Because certainly Jesus is not trying to bring a change through shaming. You know, Jesus is not a dysfunctional parent that says things like, why can't you be more like Johnny over here? 
Those are not the reasons why God allowed or caused this to be in such a way. Um, maybe there it is part of the, the process of uh, getting us to be comfortable with something we're not comfortable with, which is the element of spiritual redemptive accountability, in which we think, we may think, that what I do individually does not affect the church at large. At least it does not affect it as much. And maybe that can permeate into other peoples and influence others to think that what our local church does or does not do does not affect the rest of the church uh, in, in the district, in the conference, in the division, in the union, in the division, um, in the worldwide church. What, what can Monroe do to the rest of the worldwide church? We are uh, really close to Ohio. We, we are you know, a medium-sized church, uh, quiet setting. What, what, what Oakwood could do? What impact could we have? And instead of just thinking you know, about the negative impact, I'm thinking, what could we, that thinking may limit us in what we could do that we could impact the rest of the church. There are churches in Africa, there are churches in South America, there are churches in Europe that are doing things in a creative way that when the rest of the worldwide church reads this, they become excited. I got excited with trying to explore technology when I read about a church in Brazil. And in this church, a gentleman that worked as a police officer as a career um, became an Adventist and he just became passionately uh, wanting to explore ways to use uh, technology for Bible studies. So he would go fishing, quote unquote, on Facebook. He would put out a Facebook page asking people questions about the Bible and inviting them to study via email. And he went from one to two to 60 to almost 100 Bible studies a week on email. And he, he states there how he, he would come from work excited. He used to come home from work, you know, tired. He need to just decompress in front of the television. But now he would get on his computer to see how his Bible students were doing via email. That just lit me up. I'm like, Lord, what can I do in my neck of the woods? So what a church did in Brazil affected what a pastor did in Detroit, Michigan. What can our churches do for the worldwide church? Could we not prayerfully ask the Lord, Father, um, write us a letter. <laughs> write us a letter. Let us know what things may be hindering us from inspiring others around us to be faithful in the mission. I mean, some questions that I thought, right? Um, it, the, the only two churches that do not receive a, collect, a corrective redemptive rebuke by Jesus are the two churches that are being most heavily persecuted. How is my church being persecuted? Is it being persecuted? And it, let's ask just in the context of the book of Revelation. If my church is not being persecuted, chances are we may be blindsided to some areas in which we may are maybe in the process of or may have lost our first love in which we are allowing doctrines or teachings or practices that we ought not, but imperceptibly it has, it has happened. We cannot simply say these letters were written for them back then or for the other churches out there. These churches were also written for you and I. There is a universal application. And that's why I'm, I'm inviting you, spend time studying today's lesson. It will make it personal. It will make it for me, for you.
So these are questions that you, you and I can grapple with. What would Jesus say in this letter about um, my unity, my contribution to church unity? We just finished three months studying about oneness in Christ. How has that lesson impacted me and how am I applying that in my local church? What would Jesus say about me and my contribution to church unity? How about church mission? What would Jesus say about me and the rest of us in regards to our efforts and our intentionality and our being on our knees asking God for creative, effective methods to for the mission, the mission that he has entrusted us both at Oakwood and Monroe or wherever church you may be listening to. Um, how about my personal local service? Um, this past uh, Sabbath, uh, we were reminded by Elder Jason Hamstra that we were going to be starting nominating committee and Elder Jelani graded the previous Sabbath did the same thing. Uh, a nominating committee is an invitation to get excited about what you can do for the church through service, servicing the community and servicing the church itself through your skills and your gifts that God has bestowed on us. What would Jesus say about Oakwood's nominating committee process? How the church, not the committee, but how the church responds to this invitation. How will you respond to the invitation to serve your local church? You cannot think, well, I'm just me. I'm just such a tiny little speck in the big wild, wild uh, uh, scheme of things. This big worldwide church, I'm just so tiny. What could my faithfulness do for the whole a whole lot <laughs> i just told you the story of a police officer in brazil uh middle class lower middle class i don't know how, how much that he would make but he is not you know the the magnates the the over wealthy in brazil he's just a regular church member wanting to do something meaningful wanting to be faithful as a personal ministries uh, individual for his local church and what he did, people noticed, were inspired. So much so, his story was written and it touched me. It made me. And that's part of the reasons why these podcasts came into existence. Um, Candy Weaver, uh, I said this from the pulpit, put this idea. But along with that pastor's, uh, with that church member's decision to be faithful with what he had been entrusted, these little loaves and fishes, Bible studies via email, who would have thought? Well, it, it made me think. And don't think that your faithfulness will not impact the whole church. And our church can impact our whole district. And through this, it can impact the whole conference and the whole division and the whole uh, uh, general church, <laughs> the church, worldwide church. Don't underestimate what God can do through our church. Don't underestimate what Jesus can do through you.